Armager's face slammed into the mud with an agonizing squelch. A heavy armored meteor impacting with an almost implausible density. Bright white pain flared in his skull. His teeth buzzed numbingly. Move. Almost by instinct, he threw himself into a roll just as the sword sliced downward and bit a gash into the mud where his left shoulder was moments before. Angrily, driving rain pelted against his armor and melted the thick sludge further into his eyes. He realized his helmet was gone. Move! One hand groped blindly for his own drop sword, while the other scrabbled for purchase in this viscous ground. His knees and toes throbbed where the armor bit and pinched and pressed him heavily into the ooze. Move! A roar filled his ears and his heart froze. One hand half swept in a desperate arc for his sword. Eyes still glued shut with the earth and muck, a moment so taut as to feel static. And then, nothing. Having armor doesn't make you a knight, any more than having tits makes this cunt a lady. The grizzled troupier disgustedly rested his foot on the back of a particularly pale-faced and plump recruit, already struggling to hold himself up by his forearms and toes. Bucking sword would be about as good for you lot as your cocks. Don't know how to use either goddamn one of them yet. Please. Tell me you aren't going to be the one to give them cock training. Vanguard snickered from where she hung from the wooden bars, pulling herself up until her chin touched the top before smoothly dropping back down. Little guys need to last longer than 30 seconds in battle and in bed. Troupier grinned and flipped an impolite finger in her direction. Well, maybe we'll take the bark off next time. Guaranteed. It'll be a tougher nut for me to cock if I actually got a look at you. Vanguard laughed and dropped to the ground. Yeah, but that would make it harder for me to imagine you were your brother. Troupier's face darkened and he turned from her dismissively as she sauntered, victorious, off the training grounds. Angrily, he shouted at the still-positioned recruits, arms now shaking and sweat dripping from their brows. Give me fifty, you lazy fucks! Last one to finish gets to clean the ship pots after put a stew nut. What in Pius's olive bollocks were you thinking? The sneering growl held an extra dose of nasty as Armager fluttered his eyes open. Shying away from the sight of Troupier's obnoxious tooth decay and rather obscene nose hairs, he blinked away the painful brightness of the morning sun and mentally shook himself. Is he simple now? Scudifer asked, hopefully from somewhere beyond Troupier's huge shaggy head. My friend had a cousin who fell down a well, and my friend says now he can only do animal sounds, even though he's grown. And also he pays a bed. You shut the fuck up! Troupier barked at the boy and focused on the increasingly cognizant armager. Moons, you fucking been here. Goddamn moons. He loomed over armager, uncomfortably close. Helmet facet incorrectly, armor not fit, no strap right. Drop your sword and snuffling in the mug like a spook piglet, you fucking disgrace. 
Armager looked away, avoiding the narrow condemnation of Troupier's eyes. I don't give a fat rat's ass that your granddad was some great war hero. As far as I can tell, those parts must run down your nan's legs. Armager shrank under the disguised hostility pouring from Troupier. I'm sorry, sir. I'd do better, sir. That's a real fucking low bar. They wrenched the door open. Don't just do better. Do well. He glanced back. Or you will die. The door slammed behind him. Two days later, Armager fastened his belt while emerging from the barracks, the first blush of dawn barely visible over the stone walls and thatched rooftops. He headed towards the training grounds at a light jog. He would not be joining the other recruits at breakfast, was loath to join them at all, but he'd milked his convalescence as long as he could, and he still yearned to be a knight despite everything. He reached the training yard but continued on, out past the first gate and turning into the lists, still jogging. There was time before they finished breakfast and began forming up for drills. Life is hard. The young boy heard his grandfather's stern voice from below him as he clung to the jagged rocks. His hands cramped and stung where the keener edges dug into his palms. Above him, it jutted out into a small overhang. His arms weren't long enough. His hands were too small. Do you know what separates a knight from a man? Despite his advanced age, the voice was strong and authoritative, harsh and hoarse from years spent in the war camps and on battlefields. A man sees a hard life as a tragedy. A knight sees it as a challenge. A trembling hand reached upwards, tentatively testing. A man sees a mountain as impossible. A knight sees a mountain as an opportunity. The boy's right leg started to twitch, then bounce as the shakes spread along with anxiety. His knee knocked against the stone. A man endures pain. A knight embraces it. The voice grew increasingly gruff with impatience. A man exists. A knight acts. He would not look down and he could not move up. Act, boy. His whole body shook with an effort and tension. His muscles locked in the burning agony of complete exertion. And then he plummeted downwards, crashing into the water below with a yelp and a splash. Armager dragged himself up on the bank, soaked and gasping, and rolled onto his side, curling up with shame and lingering nerves as the shadow of his grandfather fell over him. Armager took the final turn in his last loop around the lists, just as the other recruits began to trickle into the training yard. He jogged through the gate and navigated the small clusters to stand awkwardly against the far wall, jaw clenched against the side-eyed glances and pointed giggles thrown at him while he tried to blend into the shadows, still stubbornly clinging despite the rising light of the morning. All eyes snapped forward and the recruits fell into formation as Knight Corporal walked through the gate. 
Troupier stomped behind him with Scudifer bringing up the rear. The kid dragged a bushel of swords behind him, clanking incessantly and causing the vein in Troupier's right cheek to tick with every jangling rattle. Listen up. Night Corporal inspected the young men and women arrayed before him. The trials are nearly over. I don't think I need to remind everyone, yet again, that the eyes of the Night Banneret are upon us. Unlike those nonces up in the main yard, we don't have titles or lineage backing us up. We're here because we earned it. Night Corporal paused for a moment. At least most of us did anyways. Armager stiffened and could not prevent the flush from rising to his cheeks. Remember, your honor reflects on all of us, as does your failure. Knight Corporal let his words hang in the air a moment, as his eyes rested on each recruit individually. Then he turned on his heels and left the yard. Okay, you fucking mopeds. Troubier growled at the assembly. Let's get to work as they descended upon Scudifer for their swords. From the lowliest farmer dirty in their fields to the gilded monarchy on sumptuous seat, we are all of us part of something greater. The night monastic's nasal condescension echoed about the cavernous hall. Blessed by the divine light at the moment of our birth, and called to serve, each to give their best to the greater whole, each to play according to their part. The late afternoon sun created slow dancing, colorful patterns through the towering stained glass window that framed the droning monastic in his ornately carved wooden pulpit. Dust motes drifted lazily in the sunbeams that cut through the open windows lining the stone walls along the side. It was an unseasonably warm day made warmer by the thick layers and padded jerkins of their ceremonial uniforms. There is no nobler call to service, save for the sacrifice of ecclesiastical vocation, than that of the knighthood. As knights, you must be tempered in behavior and in thought, prudent in action and in counsel, generous in deed and intention, loyal to creed and comrade, protectors of the lands of holy sanctuary and their anointed brethren. Defenders of the weak and innocent, saviors of the unfortunate and oppressed, punishers of the evil and malicious, bravely standing against the tides of the unholy and the wicked, never wavering, never doubting, on the eve of your oath vigil, I counsel you to reflect upon this duty. You are the solid sheltering branches of our sacred congregation. Your piety uplifts the faithful, just as your deviance would discredit it. The monastic who had raised both outstretched arms theatrically at the last point slowly lowered them and gestured to the lectern beneath him where the knight commander, in full parade armor, stood waiting. His well-polished cuirass gleaming in the warm golden glare of the sunset. Rise! The Knight Commander's voice rang out authoritatively. Kneel. The recruits knelt on one knee, hand resting over their hearts. Heads bent, 
elbows braced upon the raised knee. I do solemnly swear in free and voluntary desire. The recruits echo the Knight Commander's words strongly and clearly. To serve as a Knight of Valor of the Most Holy Order of the Anointed. Once again the echo came without hesitation. I do swear by the supreme and eternal power of the Sanctum to be both a true and chivalrous knight. The recruits echoed in the cold stone floor of the hall pressed into Armager's knee. To obey my commanders and to aid my brethren. To aid those less fortunate than I. To act steadfastly for justice and truth. Knights floundered through the early spring snow, blanketing the thick overgrowth of the forest. They'd been forced to leave the horses behind earlier that morning, tucked warmly into the stables at the small cloister they'd bedded down in the night before. The ground too treacherous for their weight, but apparently not treacherous enough to prevent Knight Corporal from marching the knights themselves in near full plate. Not that any of them complained. The beast they were after attacked without warning and had already devastated at least a dozen villages and three local militias. Do you think it's true? Scudifer's breath puffed out with each word. That it's, that it's not a regular beast, not like a moose or nothing, I mean. His teeth chattered as he lowered his voice even further. I heard that it's a, a demon. He shivered slightly, whether from fear or cold. Armager couldn't tell. The boy's small legs could not quite keep up with the much taller knight as he tripped over his own feet, pitching forward. Troupier caught him by the hood of his cloak and righted him. Why the fuck would you ever think it's a moose? Mooses is scary. Scudifer mumbled but trailed off at Troupier's baleful glare. A demon. Armager chewed on that thought as he trudged along with the others. He heard the stories, of course, they all had. The whispered rumors passed among villagers. The drunken ramblings from travelers in taverns. The half-choked night terrors of the battle-weary veterans that kept the stables. Malevolence roamed the lands of holy sanctuary, preyed upon the anointed ones. And yet the sanctum itself stayed silent. Keep up. Vanguard's order jarred him from his musings. One heavy sabaton sank deeper into the snow, and he stumbled awkwardly, looking longingly at the woman's lighter scouting leather as she passed him and hurried to catch up with the night corporal. They stopped to make camp in a small hollow, and it soon filled with the clanging thud of axes. The frantic scrambling of tents and the frustrated curses of the tired knights. Armager tracked Knight Corporal and Vanguard as he worked. The scout had kept her earlier report to Knight Corporal quiet, suspiciously quiet, and Knight Corporal called for camp a bit too quickly after that. The two disappeared into the newly built command tent. Armager's gaze shifted just beyond to the looming darkness of the woods. He could not shake a sense of dread. The pearly gray of the sky darkened to an ashy velvet. 
Armiger sat by the fire, spooning stew into his mouth with a piece of flavorless millet bread, while Troupier barked watch assignments. Of the three shifts of six people each, all would be taking a turn. This was atypical and did nothing to assuage Armiger's unease. He made his way to his bedroll. He was on last rotation and his body already ached with exhaustion and exertion, but he stopped when he saw Vanguard emerge from the command tent. Her usually self-assured face was strained with tension and fatigue. Her perception, though, was as sharp as ever as she turned her head and met Armiger's eyes. He wanted to say something comforting, reassuring, something to relieve the nervous agitation that sat upon her face. A stupid thought, really. Vanguard's reputation as a scout and skirmisher was legendary. She did not need, nor would she want to be coddled. But the compulsion was there, and she must have read it on his face. All that training, and you still don't get it, do you? Her head tilted back as she stared upon the emerging twinkle of the stars, and her normally cutting tone held the keener edge of her fear. We're knights. If we're really lucky, the death blow will be swift and silent. We won't even see it coming. If we're really unlucky, it will be after years of anguished memories locked inside a war in our own minds. Maybe we ended ourselves with the welcome embrace of a noose around our necks. Maybe we pass on in our sleep, silently screaming in our nightmares. <sighs> the outcome is always the same. We'll die on the battlefield, whether in body or in soul. Her breath condensed in the cold and wove up into the night sky in a mesmerizing dance. There's no shelter here. Be afraid and embrace that fear. It will keep you alert and alive. She looked at Armiger from the corner of her eyes, not moving her head. Oh, but you'll carry the weight of it, and you'll carry it alone. We all will. Armiger's gaze dropped to the snow at his feet, and his throat felt painfully dry as he tried to swallow. He did not look up as he felt the unexpected comfort of Vanguard's hand on his shoulder. She left it there while her other hand held out a small flask. The fumes made his eyes water, and he spluttered a bit after swigging. Oh, this is what we do, kiddo. And we're the only ones crazy enough or stupid enough to do it. Taking the flask back, she patted him affectionately and walked off.